Report on fringe science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal, but take part ourselves. Yep, when they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Carrie Poppy. That's true. And I am Ross Blotcher. That's a lie. Damn it. <laughs> oh, it's not true. That is your name. I lied. And if someone had hooked us both up to lie detector tests, presumably you would have passed and I would have failed. I'm already confused. <laughs> All right, so this time we looked into voice stress analysis, or the voice polygraph. Yes, voice lie detectors. And we're here to tell you the truth. The (laughs) truth. About the voice. About deception. Right. And the methods by which, if we are lying, you can tell by taking the audio from this podcast and analyzing it. So you could run this show through your computer, isolate little portions of the audio, Look at the micro tremors, obviously. It's not worth it, I can tell you already. (laughs) Micro tremors. And then find out if you're lying. You had looked into this quite a while ago. Yes, yeah, I looked into this. We really wanted to do this. Yeah. It sounded really fun and... Also, I think we were both like, what could we ask? Or what, what could the other person ask that I don't want to answer? I think right. it was like part of the we're both, mystique. Yeah, we're both kind of open books, yeah. generally. I mean, I can think of a couple things that I'm like, if Ross somehow figured that out, I guess I'd be uncomfortable. But how would he know to ask that? Mm. You know, like, mm-hmm. I mean, digging like into my childhood, you know, like you'd have okay. to be like, did you, Carrie, when you were eight, did you steal a bunch of stuff and a shopping spree? Like, you're just not gonna taking notes your, for your future polygraph. Taking notes with an air pen. I'm, I'm faking notes. <laughs> so these are our terrible pasts that we are trying to hide yeah. uh, from these from these tests. So you set out to uh, to do a voice polygraph test, right? Our, with our friend John Ronson. We'll hear the John Ronson. Yes, that John Ronson. The one and only John Ronson. No, there or, might be others. If you've never heard of him, then some John Ronson of uh, the yeah. Men Who Stare at Goats. He wrote fame. the Men Who Stare at Goats. He wrote Frank, which is a new movie coming out. Ooh, yes, very exciting. And he wrote them and yeah. the Psychopath Test, which is fantastic. Anyway. Here's the point. Here's the point. Mm -hmm. John and I also did a voice polygraph, but you cannot hear it. You cannot hear it until Max Fun Week when we release our special interview episode. Wait for it. Coming soon. That's right. So we'll talk more about that test later on. So we're going to talk about another test we did. We wanted to compare and say, okay, let's have the test with John Kerry. Uh, on the voice polygraph, mm-hmm. uh, and then for Ross, let's hook him up to an actual polygraph yeah, machine. Yeah, let's electrocute him. Yeah, so we tried doing that. And your wife was like, "Yes." Oh, she got Let super excited. Let us do this. My wife and my coworker Nancy both like got immediately excited, like, oh, "Yes, Ross is going to be on our lie detector." It's like, wait, what? Are what you, you worried about me lying or something? Yeah, why? Why is this so exciting to you? But okay. Yeah, but it's funny because then I was like, "Oh yeah, you know, Cara can make up all the questions if she wants. She'll probably have good ones." And then, right. and then we discovered. Cara doesn't. She's not really worried about you lying. Well, we gave her we gave her the option, and she said, "Oh, okay. Uh, you know, like I'll come up with some questions." I kept checking with her every few days, like, <laughs> "Hey, have you written any questions for the for the polygraph test?" Oh no, no, I haven't really thought about it. <laughs> so she clearly had no really dying need to ask questions of me. Yeah. Of course, the classic thing that you expect for a polygraph test, or what I always associate as, you know, were you cheating on me? Right. Yeah, that's what you expect. Yeah. And the answer is no. Well, we don't know. 
because you weren't asked. That's true. I wasn't asked. But John did ask me that in hours. Very good. So we wanted to hook you up to this thing right. where, you know, they put like the things. We've all little, seen it in the movies. Yeah, they put those pads on your skin. And there's the little oscillating thing that leaves marks on the paper. It looks right. like a seismograph. Right. And then it's supposed to test a, a skin galvanic response, like right. the, the uh, conductivity in your finger. They usually hook you up to and blood pressure. Blood pressure. And breathing rate, yeah. I think, are the, the three things. Yeah, so you found somebody who would do it for, what, was it $150? $150, but I called him and it turned out he was a giant asshole. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, so you called him first. Yeah. On I, like, a, what was it, a Tuesday? We wanted to do this on a Friday? Yes. So I called him and was like, hey, we'd like to do this polygraph test on Friday. Uh, do you have any openings? And he was like, oh yeah, I have lots of openings. So I'm like, okay, great. Uh, could we do Friday at 4.30? And he's like, no. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, what time are you available? And he said, no, I mean, you can't book an appointment. I only take appointments 24 hours in advance. Uh-huh. And I'm like, this is four days in advance. Right, exactly. So you have <laughs> Good to job, call me. Good job, dummy. <laughs> you have to call me on Thursday at 4.30. That's so... <laughs> I mean, what kind of businessman does that? I know. It's like, I just picture this guy like, no, I don't feel like doing it tomorrow. I'm just going to go party. You know, yeah, like, right. Just, he's like, <laughs> well, he, doesn't, he can't make a something. schedule in advance. Well, there's going to be more, but there's something weird about this guy. Yeah. And so Thursday came around and it was like nighttime. I said, oh, hey, Carrie, did you make the appointment with the guy? I'm like, oh, God, no. Oh, shoot, I forgot. It's like 9 p.m. Right. And so you give and me And I his, was in class. You give me his number and... And I call him up. I don't know his name or anything. I just have this number. Oh, hi. Uh, my friend had called you about a, a polygraph test. Uh, yes. Um, we, we wanted to schedule it for tomorrow at 4.30. Well, I'm sorry that's taken. I don't know if you know, but it's 9 o'clock at night. And it was way more sarcastic than that. And uh, way more biting than Aww. that. And so I said, well, do you have any time available tomorrow? He said, well, I want to be available till." Like six o'clock or something like that. I said, Oh, actually, that's fine. Uh, can we book for then? Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, well, what are you being accused of? Oh, well, actually, well, we wanted to ask a variety of questions. And did you cheat on her? Did you beat her up? What's your conflict? Did you steal from her? Uh, well, These are just some ideas of why you might be calling me. Right. And it was all accusingly like, <laughs> why, why do you want to oh, come okay, here? Okay. Okay. He had really strict protocol about how you had to formulate the questions. So each right. question had to be between 5 and 13 words and had to have a yes or no answer. Oh, uh, right. No punctuation, no ambiguities, multiple no answers. Punctuation. Oh yeah, no punctuation, no ands, buts, or ors. Okay, yeah. Yeah, just very strict rules about the formulation of the question. And so he wanted to find out, you know, what are you guilty of? I was like, oh, well, well none of that. I'm interested about the process. It's like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to decline. Sorry. And then he hung oh, up on me. Oh, that was it? Yeah. Oh, much. I thought you had explained we, to him that we did a show, no? Well, yeah, I, you know, that was kind of a truncated version. But still, oh, okay. after I had explained that, oh, we're just, we're, we're wanting to explore this. She has some questions written up. I don't know what they are. Uh-huh. It, he was just no longer interested. Didn't want to talk to me anymore. Wow. And so I can only suspect that he's somehow nervous, A, because he's uh, of ill repute somehow. Could be. Because, you know, he's so cheap and everything. Uh Maybe he's just not approved by whatever bodies. Or maybe he has people come after him who are angry because of the results that he's given. Mm -hmm. Maybe, you know, 
ruined relationships and stuff like that. But I think that's why he's being so cagey about the timing and, you know, not telling you where to meet him until, mm-hmm. you know, the day before. He doesn't have an address listed. Uh, just well, he has told us weird... Van Nuys or something right. like that. Right, he just said it was in Van Nuys. He also has a weird website where he, like, accuses his competitors of price fixing. I mean, uh, he's a character. Sure. Um, so we liked his pricing, but, yeah, he, sure. he wanted nothing to do with us. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, so, oh, okay. no polygraph for me. So I went and looked up the Polygraph Association of California had, like, a list of their Local approved people, people in yeah. L.A. So we kind of divvied up that list and start calling and I talked to an even bigger asshole in Beverly Hills. <laughs> oh, my God. So I just straight up told him, like, we do a show. Because I figured this is all going to be way too confusing if we're also deceiving him. Like, right. that's just too much, right? Uh, so so I just said, like, we do a show. People have been asking us about polygraphs. We want to know more about them. So I do have some questions that, like, I'm interested in Ross's answers to. But... You know, they're not, like, deep-seated. We don't have a conflict or anything. Right. He said, okay, well, this changes everything. I would have had you come two hours early, and then you describe to me both sides of the story, and then I formulate 11 questions uh, oh. based on your stories. And then I ask them, because, you know, sometimes people don't know how to formulate them. And I'm like, sure, sure, that makes sense. Okay, I get all that, but obviously we can't do that here, so... I'm fine with that level of uncertainty. Mm -hmm. I'm fine with knowing, like, my questions may be imperfect, but I'd still like to know if Ross lies to them. And he said, well, no, it's all about whether the person's nervous. And people, when they lie, their heart rates go up and and, uh, and, uh, there's a skin response. So so his heart rate's going up. So why wouldn't (laughs) Ross's? So he said, oh, fine. What? Give me an example of a question you want to ask him. So I said, okay, I want to ask him, if he's ever lied about the results of an experiment on our show because we do like experiments and investigations and he said oh honey you think he's never lied Uh. yeah and I was Uh. like on the show yeah I think I mean I think if you asked me that I could say no I haven't lied or yes I've been honest and he was like, oh, of course you lie. That's your job, honey. What? You, <laughs> yeah. What? Journalists lie all the time. And I was like, what well, is he, Cruella de Vil or something? journalists lie all the time. And, and then, Anita, darling. And so I was like, okay, I mean, I could see an argument that, like, writers and whatnot, like, have to sort of craft around a story. Sure, they but might, he's like, got something complete. fixed in yeah, his mind. Yeah, he's like, no, you will outright lie. And so I was like, okay. Okay, well, I disagree, but, uh, and then he said, well, I mean, of course he's lied ever. And I was like, do you mean in his life? And he's like, yes, I mean, of course. I said, that wasn't no, the question. I'm not saying has he ever lied in his whole life. I'm saying has he ever lied on the show. And I really am like, like this. Your heart rate is raised. At this point. Yeah. Like I'm saying, has he ever lied on the show? And then he said, so you're, did you hear what you just said, sweetheart? Oh my God. <laughs> You said since he was born, since he started saying "gaga goo goo." Has he <laughs> no, that's not what I'm saying. That's not your sweetheart. Like, so you he, said that to him. I don't think I actually said okay. that. I think I was just thinking. I that. wish you did. Yeah, I wish I had to. He's just like start, he keeps being like, "Oh, sweetie, oh," and I suddenly so said, "There's someone at my door." And I hung up on him, and I told you we can't do it. 
we're not doing this. Uh, oh, and I should say this last asshole was $600. Oh, that's right. So the next person I called was from uh, Beverly Hills as well. Left a message. He called back in an hour or so, which is really nice. And he was incredibly generous with his time. He gets on. He's interested that we're doing a show. He's very supportive of this. He was giving me all kinds of information and his qualifications. And he's saying, oh, yeah, well, you know, I've worked, you know, on these famous cases. Maybe you heard about the woman who murdered her 80-year-old husband with a coffee cup. Famous tennis player. okay. No, no, I haven't. But I'm I'm glad you haven't either. It makes me feel a little better. (laughs) So he said how he worked with the DA. Uh, He also polygraphed Giovanni Ramirez in a famous Dodgers beating case. Oh, right, okay. I definitely heard about that one. He was saying that he works with the DAs all the time. The Los Angeles Police Force, the FBI uses his services. And he says that polygraphs have 90% accuracy. Which isn't that high. Uh, it's pretty high, but yeah, still. It's pretty high, but a like. 10% margin of yeah, error. Yeah, I mean, I still wouldn't be confident. If you're asking me, did you kill someone? And you're like, uh, chances are pretty good. Odds that are, we'll, no. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be. Totally. I, he was telling me how he's part of the American Association of Police Polygraphists. He's on the Ethics Committee. And so, you know, I'm like, okay, yeah, you sound great. You know, uh, well, how much do you charge for your services? I'm trying to get that in because he's been talking to me for like 10 minutes. Right, Being very sure. generous. And, and he says, oh, well, a two-hour session would be, uh, that would be about $2,500. He's like, hmm, well, you sound, you know, like you have the utmost qualifications. You sound fantastic, but I'm afraid that's a little outside our budget. So um, I'm going to call around a bit. And then he warned me, well, look out. You know, that's what it costs for someone who's, and he starts giving this laundry list of certifications again. If you want somebody, you know, just off the street who, you know, got got like a heart monitor or something and feels Mm -hmm. they can do polygraphy. Yeah, sure. They'll charge you nothing, but you're not getting good results. Sure. So, okay. Fair well, enough. But at this point, we've kind of used our... At this point, we're like, polygraphers suck. They're <laughs> yeah. weird mofos. So finally, we said to ourselves, we said, Ross, Carrie, maybe we should have Ross do a voice polygraph too. But John and I had both uh, ostensibly been honest about all our questions. Yes. And maybe Ross should try to deceive the lie detector test. Right. So, yeah, the idea was that we would submit questions and then I would purposefully lie on some of them. So uh, we contacted nationwidepolygraphs.com. Dot com. Uh, signed up there. So through the website, you tell them your location and contact info, and then they follow up with you. You can set up for a traditional polygraph test or a voice polygraph. Uh, we signed up for the latter. Right. And then they email slash call you back to get the particulars. So Carrie submitted questions. Yes, I did. And you told me in advance four out of the five. We yes, were allowed I to did. submit five questions. That's correct. So I was forewarned. And then and we agreed that you would lie on two of them. And uh, how much did this service cost? I think it was about $200. Okay. Actually, I believe it was 199 So I'm going to take that dollar and buy some lettuce. Hey, okay. So a little more expensive than Shifty Guys and Van Eyes. True. But way cheaper than decorated police polygraphists. And you get to keep your self-respect. So they called me back within a day. They'd picked a guy. I think he's based out of West Virginia. Oh, okay. And so he called me at work. You played this for me later because I wasn't with you. I asked if I could record, so that was fine. He said, I've never seen questions like this, but okay, you know, I'm happy to play along kind of thing. Uh-huh. And a uh, really sweet guy. And you explained that we do a show, right? Yeah. Okay. So he knew that, yeah, this was yeah. for the show and he was totally willing participant. So 
I thought this was interesting. He asked me if I'd heard the questions before, and I said, yeah, I'm familiar with some of them, because mm-hmm. I knew four out of the five. And he said, okay, well, I'm going to read them for you in advance. Mm-hmm. So he reads through them, which I think is interesting. It seems like you'd want somebody's first response. I think... He's giving me time to kind of prepare, to yeah, think mentally about what I'm going to say. I know. I know that that's standard. and That's weird. I've gotten kind of used to that notion, but I remember thinking about that the first time. I don't know. Yeah. I guess it kind of... I don't know. Because, yeah, <laughs> I don't know why they do that. The more you think about it, the more you can rehearse your answer, which I was doing in my mind. I was thinking, okay, uh-huh. well, I'm going to say this to this, right, right. to that, and I was kind of picking what I'd lie on and what I'd tell the truth on. Um, you know, it might also just be because they want you to agree to them so you don't like... Oh, try it, to contest it later, like, yeah, that wasn't a fair question. Right, right. I didn't agree to be asked that, right. and you caught me off guard, and, you know, then you marked me down because I hesitated, but it was because I was shocked that I was being asked, you know. Right. I bet that's why. Okay. So he read them all to me, and then he told me, all right, so along with the five questions that Carrie submitted, I am going to add another nine control questions. Right. Simple questions. So, so he, he'll he'll see what the truth sounds like coming out of your mouth and what falsity sounds like coming right. out of your mouth. And then after he's read all of those to me, then he actually starts the test. And he mm-hmm. does one cycle of asking me these yes or no questions and then another cycle. And he's recording this whole thing, checking his levels, make sure he's got enough to do the analysis on. So you ready for the questions? Yeah, oh, I'm, I've been ready my whole life. <laughs> so he asked me if my first name is Ross. This will be test one. Is your first name Ross? Yes. Are you over the age of 30? Yes. Is your favorite color blue? Yes. And he asked me beforehand what my favorite color was. So, yes. Uh, Even though, you know, it changes all the time. Sure. Blue, generic response. Do you live in the state of California? Yes. Okay, so here's the first of Carrie's questions. In your adult life, have you ever picked your nose and eaten the results? Yes. That's what I said, but that, friends, is a lie. Well, we'll see. We'll see when we get to the results. All right, well, I picked my nose. I certainly am guilty of that, mm-hmm. but I do not eat the contents. Well, I'm, not, I'm just not interested. I don't know. We'll see. Does the number 13 mean something to you? No. And I, at the time, I was thinking, oh, did Carrie ask that? Well, what, what should... No, that wasn't for me. That was a control question. And then I was thinking, well, it's the number 13. It means lots of things Yeah, to me. yeah, that's what I would have thought, yeah, too. Yeah, that's a, kind of a bad control question. Take that out, buddy. Not <laughs> Is yellow not your favorite color? Yes. Again, I primed him with this one. Nothing against yellow. I like yellow. I like all oh, colors, okay. but it's not my favorite. All right. Okay. I'm glad to hear you say that, Ross, because I felt a little offended because I love yellow. I love orange and yellow. I know orange is your, you know, I thought about that. And so I said, okay, I'm not going to say orange. That's my son's favorite too. (laughs) And so I was like, well, I'll go for yellow. That's nearby. All right. But I like them both. I do. Some of my best friends really like the color yellow. (laughs) The next question was from you. Is there anyone in your life who would call you a friend, but who you secretly dislike? No. Which was also a lie. Dun, dun, dun! I could count on one hand the people I genuinely dislike. Uh-huh. And I don't think any of them would think that I hate them. Right. So, oh, right. Okay. So the correct answer would have been yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Number nine was also from you. Are you truly open to the possibility that the paranormal exists? Yes. 
And as I said, I thought, well, I sure hope I'm truly open, you know, but I think my correct oh, answer is yes. yes. Yeah. Are you afraid I will ask a question we have not discussed? No. Which is interesting. Mm-hmm. I guess he throws that one in the mix. Number 11 was your next question. Have you ever lied about the results of an investigation on a show? No. Okay, and you're holding that that's true, yep, right? Yeah, that's true. I'm not uh, lied, to the best of my knowledge. Then he asked if I have a middle name. Yes. Uh, do yes. I, <laughs> do I watch TV shows sometime? <laughs> yes. Uh, it's supposed to make me feel guilty or something? I don't know. Uh, and then the final question <laughs> was the one I was not aware of in advance. Is Satan your overlord and constant companion? No. <laughs> and part of me wanted to say yes, you know, because that's just such a silly question. But I said no. Uh, so those were the questions. End of test one. The guy started chuckling afterwards like, oh, that's sure interesting. I mean, I once had to judge a fish contest, but I've never, uh, never had to ask someone about Satan. <laughs> so... There we go. Well done. You stumped the guy. Well, before we get to your results, I think it is very important that people know who gave them this show. Oh, yeah. This episode is actually supported by Live from the Apocalypse by Andrew Cruz. It's a dark political satire, and it follows a talk radio host, Jefferson Jones. Mm, Sounds Uh, a little like Alex Jones. Exactly. You got it. A conspiracy theorist kind of guy. So they're holed up in their fortified bunker slash studio while all of these apocalyptic predictions actually come to pass, for real. It's the number one in the Amazon Top 100 free satire ebooks. Well, What's holding you back? I I don't even know. Go download it now. You can listen to this show while pulling up a browser. By the time they listen to this, it might not be free. Well, it's worth your money. It sounds great, but I'm kind of sold on this description because I'm a big Alex Jones fan. Oh, yeah. He's a weirdo. He's entertaining to watch and listen to. Oh, yeah. It's also received praise from Gretchen Marquette, who's a Harper's Magazine contributor, and she said that she read most of it at a public cafe and kept laughing out loud. So don't read it in a public cafe. Why not? You'll laugh out loud. Jesus, Ross, follow along because you'll laugh out loud and then everyone will think you're a weirdo. I don't think she said it was a bad thing. Everybody thought that she was crazy. And then they thought something was in the air. And then they thought, oh my God, there's an airborne virus and we're all going to die. And then they got underground bunkers and then they ended up living out this book all because of stupid Gretchen Marquette who didn't care about public safety, Ross. And you know what? F her. F her. But everyone go buy the book. Okay. It's called Life from the Apocalypse by Andrew Cruz. Andrew Cruz. All right. So you may be wondering, well, was Ross telling the truth or not? I don't know. How do we know? I wish I knew. Well, thankfully, you get preliminary results within 15 to 20 minutes of the actual test. What? Pretty impressive. So my question asker disappeared for a little while, but then we get an email, sure enough, 15 to 20 minutes, yeah. uh, telling us, you know what? <laughs> and I read it before you. You did. And I was laughing so hard, and I texted you, and you were not. I was busy doing phone. something. I yeah. can't remember. And, and I, I thought, was like, look what? at your results. Look at your results. I was like, What's Carrie going on about? <laughs> because... <laughs> <laughs> okay, so <clears throat> uh, the the point of the test apparently is to detect deception. Right. And if he detects deception, you have failed the test. Right. Okay, so how did I do? Based upon... <laughs> 
Oh, she's reading from my certificate. He sends yes. us like a PDF certificate. Based upon standardized chart reading criteria and the presence of high stress in questions number two and five, it is my professional opinion that Ross has not been truthful in all his answers and deception indicated. So what are questions two and five? Well, <laughs> number two is, is there anyone in your life who would call you a friend, but who you secretly dislike? And I said, no. Right. So they caught that lie. Right. Great. Bing, 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 bing. Number well five. <laughs> is Satan your overlord and constant companion? No. <laughs> lie. <laughs> Apparently. That is a lie. You're a secret Satan. <laughs> I wonder if this guy is in West Virginia cowering in terror going, I there's Satanists That's in exactly California. what I thought. I know. So then I wrote back and said, oh, very interesting. Um, so do the others indicate honesty? Because I wasn't sure if he was saying, since these two are lies, the others could be lies also. Right. But no, he said, yeah, the others indicate honesty. Mm-hmm. So that also means that your other lie was not detected. We emailed him a few times after the test, and he became more succinct with each yeah, round. Yeah, like, what's going on the here? The final one was like a one-word response. Right. So we, we stopped asking him stuff after that. Yeah. Uh, he's like, all right, I got my money. You got right. your results. <laughs> Satanist. Yeah. So, yeah, he followed up with this certificate, and it's got, like, Carrie's address on there and his signature. Very official here yep. uh, from our analyst. You have official documentation that you're a Satanist. That you know what? I didn't think of it that yeah. way. I have official documentation that Satan is my overlord and constant companion. <laughs> so he caught one of my intentional lies, uh-huh. and then he missed another one of my intentional lies. So presumably I do eat the contents of my nose, right? which I still well, maintain my innocence well. on. And then I guess the other ones, you know, checked out. So we've got kind so of we've got like a 40% good coverage here. failure rate here. Yes. That's not so good. No. Doesn't give me much confidence in the voice stress analysis. So what did they use to actually analyze the audio? Well, if you check the website that we set up the appointment with, Mm nationwidepolygraphs.com, they will tell you that traditional polygraphs are 98% accurate and that voice polygraphs are also 98% accurate. Yeah. Well, my, 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 then why pay more for a traditional polygraph? Yeah, especially when you don't have to go anywhere, you don't have Mm -hmm. to like... You know, get physically set up on this rig that's monitoring. And you can set up your appointment just a couple hours in advance. Right. It only takes 15 to 30 minutes, and you get a free certificate of examination. You certainly did. Free when you pay $200. I love that. And there's no countermeasures. Oh, so that's interesting. With regular polygraph tests, you know, Mm -hmm. people always talk about the ways that you can subvert the test. Ah, right. Uh huh. And so I was kind of hoping I'd get hooked up, then I could try all these things. like one is, you know, you're supposed to do anything that'll make you uncomfortable, like stick, you know, a sharp object in your armpit or something like that. Oh, or, right. Or even just squeeze your sphincter mm-hmm. muscles to to kind of elevate your stress on your baseline responses. Right. And then and then when they ask you the important questions, then you can, you know, relax yourself and comparatively you'll look better on the little Richter scale. You'd think, though, you could do the same. You could just lie in the control questions. When he asked you your favorite color, something he doesn't know the answer to, you just say green. But they ask you beforehand. No, I know. I'm saying... Oh, give him the wrong one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Uh, yeah, it seems like there's so many ways to mess with the test. But on this website, they're saying there's no countermeasures that, you know, you can't help but leave these symbols of your lying. And so apparently what they do is they look at these 
waveforms from your recorded audio, and they say that they're analyzing between 8 hertz to 12 hertz, that range, mm-hmm. and they're looking for micro tremors in your voice. Mm-hmm. This is sub-audible. We can only hear from like 20 hertz up. And so they're looking at the sub-audible layer within your voice pattern and looking for these tiny little variations that show that you are nervous. I mean, that seems possible to me. Yeah. Theoretically. I can almost always tell a Poe video. I can tell when someone's acting, even if they're a really good actor. That's an important skill. Thank you. I I can believe this, that like truth sounds a certain way and falsity sounds a certain way most of the time. I bet we're going to have a lot of people who are like, what's a Poe video? It's nothing to do with Edgar Allan. (laughs) This is somebody who is intentionally taking an opposite viewpoint and kind of satirizing it by taking it upon themselves as if they really believe it. Right. So someone who makes a video on fakes what they think. So like there was that girl who said that God was shaking the earth during a tsunami and she was like, God is just trying to shake the earth and wake you up. And the the idea is to get all these angry responses from people are like, no, that's ridiculous. Why would you say such a stupid thing? And then they turn around and be like, ha ha, you reacted to the silly thing that I did. Right. It's very odd. But anyway, I could always spot those. You know, I could believe that like in general, the truth and a lie have like certain sounds or looks about their wavelength. I can believe that. But I mean, could that be consistent in every human being well and you always have the problem then of someone who's self-deceived if someone really believes what they're saying and it's wrong which happens all the time or they just have a weird definition of things like let's say you're an actual sociopath Mm -hmm. and you've killed someone and then someone says did you murder jack and Mm -hmm. you think no i executed him right you know yeah yeah it can hang on some silly arbitrary definition word wrangling this is fraught with problems to begin with Mm -hmm. but yeah this is a method he was using he was looking at my micro tremors and he detected that i actually do consider satan my constant companion i love though that he didn't say anything about that he wasn't like I love the wording on uh, that. You, Did you pull it out of a witchcraft book or no, something like I that? No, I just just said it. <laughs> okay. I just thought it was funny. <laughs> constant overlording, constant companion. I couldn't believe when, I mean, I thought for sure that was sort of a throwaway one. Uh, but then it comes back and he's like, yes, uh, <laughs> Ross has, has committed a pledge with Satan. <laughs> Which is an interesting point because you think he could very easily just kind of look at that I and over, know, overrule exactly. it. So I do think he must be a very honest guy. Yes, yeah. I would be tempted to just be like, well, Okay, that was a silly question. Yeah, yeah. But he's like, you know what? He failed on the micro yeah. tremors. All right. But Satan I love is that his he overlord. didn't say anything. He wasn't like, now I, I admit I'm doubtful of this, but this is what No, no says. commentary. Yeah, it's just like, no, you are a Satanist. Thank Deception you. detected. <laughs> Thank you for your business, and I will never be contacting you again. <laughs> yeah, right? You deceptive <laughs> devil worshiper. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I want that on a, on a business card. Overlord and constant companion. <laughs> <laughs> so you may be wondering, well, what does the science say? Do these things actually work when you do a proper controlled study? And the Department of Defense has done that. Yes. This is a study from 1994. The lead investigator was Victor Castero, and it's released by the Department of Defense. And they did two different tests, and they found that the standard polygraph, so the one where you're hooked up, mm-hmm. that has a 62.5% accuracy. So better than a coin better flip. Better than flipping a coin, but still kind of scary when yeah, it's something right. like murder. Yeah, you don't want to really rest your case on yeah. this. And that actually kind of reflects your error rate. This oh. guy's error rate on you, right? Sure. You're 40% wrong. But the voice polygraph had a 
38.7% accuracy. Ouch. Like, yeah, you this might point, as well just guess. At this point, stick with the coin flip. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty bad. Which immediately makes me want to know, well, how do you even test? Yeah. What's the baseline? How do they compare that? Like, I agree. I oh, wonder how the Department of Defense Now that we've tested this. you, tell us the truth. Right. Were you telling the truth? This study, I was only able to get my hands on the abstract. I would be very interested to see the methodology. Right. The only plausible thing I could think of, at least immediately, was that Later on, maybe they could verify certain facts that they thought the person yes. couldn't, that the person might have thought were not verifiable you right, know, by right. DNA evidence or uh-huh. whatever it may be. It's also possible to just have them go into another room that has a bunch of blocks on the floor and they come in and lie or tell the truth about what they saw in the other room and then you go and verify it, but then they're not going to be nervous. Right, right. Or I wouldn't think they would be nervous. But even as the expert guy, the $2,500 guy that I talked to admitted that none of these results are admissible in court. Right. This has been decided even by the Supreme Court that Mm -hmm. this is just not useful information. And the American Psychological Association has a statement saying... Right, very clear statement saying this is not... Not useful. Right. And so it seems like... Well, it's still used quite a bit, but it seems like it's mostly sort of a prop just to sort of scare people, mm-hmm. hopefully, into telling the truth, mm-hmm. just because they're like, oh, if I lie, they're going to catch me on it. Right. And I have a friend who applied to work at, I forget if it was the CIA or the FBI, but mm-hmm. they gave him a polygraph test. Oh, wow. And his results were inconclusive, so they wouldn't hire him. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, that expert I was talking to was saying that the uh, Major League Baseball teams use that oh, quite a bit in okay. their hiring practices, and maybe for drug tests, I don't know, something like mm-hmm. that, but that they were like a constant user of those services. Mm-hmm. You're really like painted against a wall if someone asks you to do it because I would feel like, oh God, that has a really high failure rate. But if I say no, it just sounds like I'm admitting guilt. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it kind of a, a very have odd, you stopped beating awkward. your wife sort of yes, situation? Yes, exactly. There's no good answer to right. that. So I'm okay, sure, I'm confident. Yeah. But yeah, how do you suss out a confident liar of whom there are plenty in this world and a very nervous truth teller? Or someone who's just thoughtful about the question. Like John and I were talking about this, not, not on the show, but we were talking about it afterward. How like, if you're kind of, ambivalent about how the question's worded and you're just sort of sitting there thinking like well is that true or is that not true right and maybe that's why they tell you in advance Uh, maybe yeah maybe that could be so you come to a conclusion at least because i remember one of the questions john asked me i'll just spoil this one question Mm -hmm. was is there a secret darkness in your soul whoa yeah and i and i remember sitting there and being like because uh, I didn't <laughs> feel compelled to lie, but I just didn't know what the truth was. Yeah. And I think I said yes, because I just thought... <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I thought, I'm right I in the middle. everybody <laughs> does, so yeah. No, Carrie, not everybody does. <laughs> if I had said no, I bet it would have come up as deception purely because I felt more ambivalent about saying no. Mm. I was just thinking like, well, no seems right. like I'm just saying never. That can't be right, right? You know? And yeah, not everything is answerable as a yes or no question, Mm -hmm. you know. But to Polygraph's credit, they're probably very rarely using questions like this. Sure. It's usually like, right, Right. did you kiss Angela? I was talking to my voice analysis guy and asking him, what do you normally get for your your calls? We get a lot of them for cheating spouses, and, and we get a lot of them for various other things, destruction of property, some assaults or something of that nature. I am an independent contractor for Nationwide Polygraph, so I do other tests as well. I do some also for criminal defense 
and I also do them for internal theft issues and, and those kind of things. So okay. It, it can be used for really limitless type of things. What it was originally set up for back in the early 50s was it was used by the, some of the three-letter government companies to test for truthfulness as to whether or not they were spies. Oftentimes people trying to prove their own innocence to someone else, like, no, I'm mm-hmm. telling the truth. Like, Here, hook me up to a polygraph. So I, I can see why this is very appealing as a prop. Mm-hmm. But I feel that the polygraphists that, that we've seen online and kind of talked to are very, I don't want to say defensive. Some are defensive, but all are protective of their art or their mm-hmm. science and are very quick to cast dispersions on other polygraphers. Right. Say, oh, that one's not reliable. Mine is reliable. They price fix. Right, exactly. But <laughs> I'll be an asshole to you. Right, for yeah. cheap. They're inaccurate and pseudoscientific. Mine is real. Right. They're overcharging you. I'm giving you a good deal. Right. It kind of reminds me of like Philly cheesesteak shops. What? You know, like what now? <laughs> anytime you see like, you know, Philadelphia's best, there will be oh, like these uh-huh. signs saying like greatest cheesesteak in the world. Oh, yeah. You know, there are so many best <laughs> Thai restaurants in town in L.A. Oh, right, right. Yeah. The cheesesteak places use like the most boastful claims that like okay. you know, kind of extend to the whole universe. Like you couldn't <laughs> possibly know that they, <laughs> your cheesesteak is the best ever. Have you ever seen the Will Ferrell movie? Elf? Yeah, yeah. He walks up to the diner and it says best cup of coffee in the world. And he runs in and he's like, you did it. It's exactly that. <laughs> all right, guys, send us pictures of the best Thai restaurants and all the oh great, yeah, the, dude, the world's greatest that. cheesesteak places. I love that. We want to see them, or best cup of coffee in the world. Yeah, right. <laughs> you guys did it. So I feel like Elf we're seeing is an it. underrated film, and I will say film knowingly. I detect what? deception. I don't know. <laughs> I'm reading everything you say now for truth content. So, Ross, you know what I've been thinking lately? I no. I've been thinking, I love the other shows on Maximum Fun. No, me too. There are some new shows on Maximum Fun. Are there? And I've been thinking, what are those shows about? Click. Hi, I'm Julie Sabatier, host of Destination DIY. It's a show about people taking matters into their own hands. And we're really excited to be bringing it to Maximum Fun. You know, having that experience of, I can do that, makes me feel like I can almost do anything. Here at Destination DIY, we like to push the do-it-yourself envelope beyond crafts and home improvement. So tune in to hear the stories of makers, builders, inventors, and all kinds of creative people. You can essentially build a do-it-yourself space program today, and uh, now, luckily, I'm part of that. Check out Destination DIY at MaximumFun.org, or wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Okay, so Ross. Yes. Now that you've been polygraphied. I'm a polygrapher. <laughs> You're a Mormon polygrapher. I look for polygraphy online. <laughs> what would you give polygraphy, voice polygraphy? Let's stick with that. Sure. What would you Maybe give? someday down the line we'll be able to afford yeah. an <laughs> and actual find polygraph find a non-asshole to administer it. <laughs> the expensive guy was really nice. I liked oh, okay. him. He's just too rich for my blood. What would you give polygraphs on a pseudoscience rating where 10 is something completely pseudoscientific, right? Oh, like totally just made just, up yeah, and wrong. Yeah, like bullshit. Okay. To be frank. Sure. Well, can you give me an example? Um, well, I'm pretty sick, so I'm thinking about like bodily fluids right now. Mm-hmm. So sperm is the first ingredient in quiche. No. Okay. That goat sperm goat is sperm. the prime ingredient of the human body. 
Oh, that's not true, actually. Oh, oh, yeah. that's right, because that's right. a 10 on exactly. your scale. Oh, you got it. it. Okay. Um, but one would be something. One would be, like, completely scientific. Oh, it's proven. Something, well, maybe not proven. I mean, but, yeah, as close to proven as we can get. Sure, it would be without. perverse to withhold assent. Yes, it would be perverse <laughs> to withhold assent. That's exactly as what Stephen I was As Stephen Jay Gould would so eloquently say. Oh, did he? Well, yes. what a dick. <laughs> one is like i don't know like the theory of evolution or something oh oh wow okay that on that scale i'm gonna give voice polygraph analysis right up there i'll say 8.5 okay again the concept it doesn't sound immediately like Mm -hmm. it should be totally discarded there might be something there uh, but you may not be measuring what you think you're measuring right you may not actually be measuring deception so much as nervousness. Yeah, I think the American Psychological Association put it well that it should just be called a fear detector. Oh, yeah. So I'm not sure the specifics of that and what's actually there in those sub-audible micro-tremors. That all sounds very pseudoscience in its language. I'm not equipped to evaluate that. But I feel that it is using the language of science to pull some shenanigans that aren't very reliable. Okay. So 8.5. That's How about fair. you? I'm going to give it a 6 point one three mm-hmm. yeah, if you said one to, two i'd be like that's too low well i'm trying to i'm sick and i'm trying to do very fast math <laughs> in my head so okay. since it's 38.7 percent accurate yes how would that translate to my scale where <laughs> oh yeah you're right 61.3 oh did i have that, it right yeah that fills up the so rest 6. of 6.13 <laughs> okay good to know your thought process <laughs> based there. on the department of defense study 1995 well, it said 1994 to 1995. Oh, maybe because they were two different tests. Speaking of- oh, and maybe that's maybe that corroborates your theory that they waited to see what the results were of of the test. Remember how oh, you yeah, said yeah, maybe yeah. later they found out more evidence. Maybe that's why it's okay. 1994 to 1995. Anyway, based on that, 6.13. Gigawatts. Yeah, speaking of which, if you read through any of this literature about polygraphs and voice polygraphs, prepare to see like just the soup of percentages and yeah. numbers and everything disagreeing with everything else right. the for and against side so right. yeah at some point you just get like Meh, I don't know what numbers to take on this and I will say Ross I wouldn't even if I didn't know exactly the number I think I would still say like six or seven not quite as high as you just because I do think they're at least trying to do science okay. I think there's an effort to okay to do something controlled here okay yeah i mean as opposed to like dowsing or something sure like okay uh what about then on a danger rating what would you give voice stress analysis on a scale of one to ten where ten is something incredibly dangerous like thinking you can jump like 10 feet over a gap that has just a bunch of spikes down on the the floor. So if you if you fall, you're gonna fall a distance. Mario. And land on spikes. Uh-huh. <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> nice callback there. <laughs> and one is something not dangerous at all. Like you know, just not walking on cracks on the sidewalk. It's a little neurotic. Uh huh. But it's not dangerous. No, it's not. Well, without thinking too hard about it, because of course it could send a person to jail when they shouldn't be sent to jail and oh, that yeah. sort of thing. But on its face, the actual process of taking the test, okay, I'm going to say a one. I mean, I'm only giving it a one because it has to belong on the scale, but right. I, pff, nothing's going to happen to you. I concur. But we do talk about, you know, potential damages. Mm-hmm. I, I think you're exactly right. If, you know, somebody breaks up with their spouse over this, yeah. you know, over the, one of these false positives, 
that's terrible. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, and it can feed like a really dangerous mindset, I think. Right. Um, and maybe I shouldn't say I could send someone to jail because the courts have been smart enough not to rely on them. But my uh, $2,500 guy was saying that uh, DAs have dropped cases based on his polygraph analysis. Okay, there Mm, you go. Yeah. So, Ross, what would you give this on a pocket drainer value where one is something not pocket draining, right? Like you have a urinary tract infection. You Mm. go to the doctor and you say I have a urinary tract infection and he or she gives you a generic antibiotic and you have health insurance and it costs like $7 to go get. That's a one. Okay. And then a 10 is something extremely pocket draining. Mm. Like you don't have Kaiser and you go to the Kaiser ER because it's next to your house because you're having a severe kidney reaction sure. to that self-same medicine. Right. And you go in, and then you realize that 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 since you don't have Kaiser, it's going to cost a lot more. And thankfully, you get out of there before you've paid a whole bunch of dollars, but it, it would have been like a hundred and something thousand dollars to have them just look at your goddamn kidneys. Okay, so on that scale, <laughs> it sounds like you've got a, a personal story there. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just hypothetically. Oh, sure, yeah. Yep. Well, on that scale then, <laughs> I would give this, man, well, clearly it's all over the place. But for the voice test, we only went to one provider. And compared to the other voice services, it's a deal if this mm-hmm. is what you're going for. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for what you're actually getting for your money, mm-hmm. I'm going to say is pretty pocket draining. I'll say seven. Yeah, I think I agree. Seven sounds about right. It's, it, I mean, you're talking to someone on the phone and then paying them $200. That's an mm-hmm. expensive phone call. You might as well go to Mexico and call long distance to your lover. But you do get a free written report and certificate of examination. (laughs) Which we'll put online once you redact my address. Well, what then, Carrie? Would you give this on a creepiness scale where, you know, one is something not creepy at all. Okay. Uh, You know, you get up in the morning and the sun is just, you know, creeping in through the blinds. Mm -hmm. And you're like, it's going to be a wonderful day. Oh, okay. It's nice. It's nice. But a 10 is something far creepier. Oh, dear. You are waking up. It's dark. Uh-huh. And you feel something oh God. by your feet. Oh, God. God that's weird. Uh, what would be down there? I don't know. I should have a look. So you pull back the covers, and you don't see anything by your feet. But you notice that your skin is pulsating. What? And you realize that there are shapes underneath your skin and oh they, God! They turn into long, worm-like creatures that start moving up <laughs> under your skin, Jesus. further up your leg. That's a ten. Yeah, that's really horrible. That's the best creepiness rating I think you've ever done. Thank Ross. you. Thank you. That is hideous. And at first, I was like, "This is every night of my life," because Ella, <laughs> my dog, will go and like lick my legs and toes, and I'm like, "Oh, Ella, stop." But then I, I was going to make it more disturbing by like saying, oh, you think it's Ella, but then you realize she's oh, sitting over on the side oh, watching wait you. wait a minute. There you go. Add that in. That's a 10. <laughs> okay. Um, I guess it registers a little because there's something about like someone getting into your brain that's a little creepy, but I'll say like a three. Okay. If it was a jerky scale, we met some jerks, <laughs> but on a creepiness scale, I don't feel there's anything creepy about this. I'm going to say one. Yeah. Okay. Doesn't yeah, doesn't fair. trip my creepy sensor. Okay. But Carrie. Yes, Ross, is it? For people who want to live vicariously. Oh, shit. What was your favorite moment in this investigation? I have two favorite moments. Okay. 
My first favorite moment was when <laughs> I found out that Andrew Cruz's Live from the Apocalypse was going to be free for the next few days. Sure. I was like, what? Who? Drop everything. I'm going to go semi-purchase uh-huh. that free book. <laughs> uh-huh. Free book. Get it? Like I, e-book. I, yeah, free book. Yes. Um, uh, that's a portmanteau. Nicely done. Yes. Thank you. Okay. Okay. That's a good But my moment. second favorite moment was when I got your results. <laughs> and and I, I was on, picture at Ross, I was on the expo line of the Los Angeles Metro. Okay. I opened up the email <laughs> and, I, and I saw uh, your preliminary results and he said, uh, well, the one about Satan appears to have some deception. <laughs> and I texted you and said, your results, your results. It was marvelous. The Satan thing, that's that's a clear favorite moment. Yeah. I'll say also, it was fun to see how excited my wife instantly got when I mentioned <laughs> I'd be hooked up to a polygraph. But then her enthusiasm and ideas waned. <laughs> yeah. So I'm glad you came up with questions. Oh, I was ready. Actually, it was kind of hard. I yeah. remember I was like texting them to you at one point as I was coming up with them. Mm, yeah. And I did have a little trouble. Yeah, you had a few that you kind of discarded. Oh, yeah. I had one that was like, have you ever wished you had gone a different route professionally? I don't really care if you regret What I that. do with my life. Yeah, you do whatever the fuck you want, Ross. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Explicit rating. Well, that's it for our show. This episode was sponsored by Andrew Cruz. And you can find out more about us on MaximumFun.org. Our theme music is written by Brian Keith Dalton. And our producer and co-editor is Ian Kramer. Please give us positive reviews on iTunes. You can find us there. Also go to Facebook.com forward slash OnRack to find pictures and discussion and talk to us there. But to be honest with you, there's not many pictures from this one just because it was... That's true. We'll we'll show you our certificate. Maybe a picture of the best Thai food in LA. I can take a picture of myself lying. Sure. Yeah, that sounds fun. (laughs) Hold on, actually. Carrie's getting out her phone. Getting out my camera. She's going to get a picture. Okay, ready? Okay, tell a lie. Pie is exactly three. Got it. Okay. All right. Now you'll see the look of deception on my face. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And do not forget to spay and neuter your dogs and cats. And remember... Is Satan your overlord and constant companion? No. End of test two. Okay. I'm going to have to chalk this one up to a different type I've never done before. (laughs) All right. The wackiest one I've ever done before this was I did a fishing tournament. Huh. And uh, they were all saying I caught one this big and you had to see if that was true? Well, there's all kinds of rules they have to follow. They can only have so many lines. They only have so many hours they can fish. And, and, uh, you know, they had all kinds of things where some people have substituted fish and all kinds of things. So, uh, you know, it it was really unbelievable when I, you know, first heard them and and started talking to them and we started getting into the details. And I thought, you know, I've never thought about that. But that (laughs) that could be an issue. Oh, interesting. You just never know. I'm Jesse Thorne. I'm Jordan Morris. The federal government has millions of dollars in programs and opportunities that you need to seize today. You're a taxpayer, right? Well, then you've got it coming. Learn the secrets you deserve to know. Find the bowling alley under the White House. 
and the laser tag arena underneath Congress. Learn the real story behind Nicolas Cage's dinosaur auction. Find out why the Department of Energy has banned shirts. Learn the locations of America's secret alien bases and Dan Aykroyd. Find out where the Library of Congress keeps its casingles. For all of this and more, drop us a line. Jordan Jesse Go, 123 iTunes Street, or wherever you download podcasts. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.